The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neil Othotep this evening in the England chapter. We have an awful lot in store for you as we get started our finale series. But first, let's introduce our investigators. To my right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Forsyth. And this marks a big moment, I think, in the game. I tend to agree. Uh, to Mr. Forsyth, right? This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we're going to probably all die. Uh, yeah. I mean, jury's still out. We'll find out. At the end of the table. Jake, I'm playing Jack Doyle. And you know what? Uh, I don't think we're all going to die. I think, you know, Forsyth is likely to die, but the rest of us, we'll probably be okay. can see it now with uh, Jack laying odds at some bookie down on uh, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the uh, English pubs nearby, putting money down on who, who dies first. Not a bad idea. Uh, yeah. to, uh, to Jack's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And, um, well, truth be told, I hope nobody dies. I'm tired of patching everyone up. Well, if, if somebody's dead, you don't have to patch them up anymore, though. Well, you still kind of do. Well, a closed casket. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> to the doctor's right. This is Tiffany. I play Maeve O'Shea, and I'm not dying. I refuse to. Hmm. So, I mean, if I have to be a lich queen at the end of this, then that's what happens. It's a bold strategy, Maeve. We'll see how it works for you. Uh, and last but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex. I'll be playing Simon Granger, and I have a backpack full of nitroglycerin, sorbent stabilizers, fuses, and a dream. It's almost like Christmas, except it's February. Speaking of February, uh, as we raise the curtain tonight, it is February 21st. It is morning, and so the sleepy hotel is, again, pretty quiet. Uh, off tourist season for February, and the investigators had an opportunity, at least most of them, I've had an opportunity to even get some rest and sleep in. Uh, as we left our story last time, Simone was a little busy. He's he's off doing something in Colchester, which we'll, we'll get to a little bit later. But for now, Jack, you have an awful lot on your mind, even waking up that Saturday morning to the crash of the ocean waves. The time has come to sort some of these things out with how this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. We're going over the top tonight. 
the first thing I think I'm going to do in the morning is uh, check my weapons. And then I'll get some breakfast, read the paper. Oh, uh, the paper. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, so it seems that uh, the court case in uh, the Fitzroy uh, scandal, as the papers are calling it now, is going to be allowed to proceed. And that there is uh, going to be depositions taken by some of the members of the House of Lords, and they're going to get to the bottom of this claim. The papers are all a tizzy about uh, the potential for it to send shockwaves through the social classes. I know, I'm excited. There's quite a few, um, there's there's quite a, quite a, a few words that are spared for this story. You've seen it over the past week or so begin to grow and grow as more is written about it. And uh, they even mention here where uh, the papers have noted that uh, a lady, Elizabeth Fitzroy, has left the country. They don't know where, but uh, those who uh, inquiring reporters at her estate in Kensington uh, were not able to, they were not able to locate her. And staff members had said that she'd left for France, which, of course, just makes the story even even more salacious. Right, yeah, now it's really juicy. And we have to go find uh, Simone. I need to know if he found uh, the items. Okay. Doctor, how are you dealing with your morning? Mm, Doc wakes up, tries to get up uh, fairly early, make sure his medical bag is packed, and he doesn't have any booze this morning. He makes sure that he goes in crisp-headed, a couple of aspirin to help ward off the and any shakes. After that, he also probably has some breakfast, maybe uh, also reading the paper, making sure his journal is packed, and making sure the flare gun has at least a couple of, you know, I have at least a couple of shells left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, he is pretty much looking at the clock occasionally. The, the day is taking forever, so. And it's only just begun. Right. I'm going to imagine that Miss O'Shea probably stayed up fairly late reading, as is her normal uh, modus operandi. Yeah. But also, you know, going over the spells to make sure she has what she needs memorized and uh, making sure she doesn't have any wrinkles in her robe and make sure she has everything laid out and everything. She probably did that before she went to bed. So interestingly enough, the best part about the spell work that you do is that um, none of it has to be, you know, committed to memory per se. Uh, although you do take some care in thinking about the after effects of what some of these workings will do to uh, a person or a location. Um, you're not necessarily sold so much on the, um, the draughts of the fog, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, only because it doesn't really seem to obscure you to people, at least from the working. Maybe it makes you semi-invisible to creatures from beyond the veil, but that's not going to stop somebody from stabbing you. Mm-hmm. That said, though, even taking out robes, um, are you talking about the black robes recovered from the tea shop? Yeah, because, you know, I'm going to take the scepters with me and my knife and not my usual knife, the new knife. The new knife, right? They uh, they feel phenomenal. They 
they almost um, there's a bit of a of a electrical charge in them, and it's not just because they you've been you know fretting over the uh, edges and whatnot. It's there's definitely some sizzle here uh, on the mystical end, and it's every time you pick up these scepters, you can feel a swelling inside, uh, almost like there's a an ocean of energy inside these sticks. Good, because I'll need it. (laughs) Miss Lane, you probably get a chance to take breakfast either with the doctor and or Jack. They're probably downstairs just getting through their uh, morning rituals, so to speak. I was actually thinking about taking some time to look over that book that Simone gave me. The Black Power? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But getting up and getting ready kind of taking my time and then heading down to to the dining room with the, the book to take my breakfast and, and do a little reading as well. The book is definitely something that's interesting, right? It's a different perspective. Even it's not that you haven't read it before because you've had the opportunity to read Elias's work before. It's all of the side notes. It's all of the margin points where He's made specific notes about cults or a specific note about um, a a sect uh, of worshipers and how they've... There's one where he describes a very involved introductory or um, one one might call it a initiation or induction ritual where they would walk clockwise around... A person, one of these uh, initiates, and they would they would slap them or, or beat them with sticks. And it, he explains it that it wasn't initially. It isn't as if they wanted to be hurt. Right? They don't necessarily want to hurt the, the people they're they're striking. But as the initiation continues, and he would he mentions it goes on for several minutes, the circle speeds up. And the hits get harder and harder. And he describes welts and all sorts of uh, cries of pain from the people who are initiated. And there are people that pass out from it. Uh, and he notes that cults and cult members that do such things that pass out from the pain of an initiation are viewed as lessers even after the ritual is over. And so he kind of gives you an interesting glance at like the hierarchy. That's kind of the tidbit you get this morning while you're taking tea or, or having breakfast. Is there anything of note that might be of interest to what we're dealing with? You know, I think the difficulty that Lillian would have is that you don't yet know what you're dealing with. And I think that probably creeps into your mind a little bit as you read is that you're not really sure what their rituals are going to be, what's going to happen. And so it's hard to stop something you don't know is coming. It's like a bad Christmas present in your mind. Well, that's no good. Okay. Because that's what I'm doing with my first of the morning activity. Sure. And uh, Mr. Forsyth, you are for the first time in uh, a week or so feeling fit as a fiddle. Well, that's amazing. I mean, more or less... Uh, first thing I do is uh, make sure that all of my equipment and weapons are ready for the trip. 
that we'll be taking very shortly. Sure. Then I would like to think about this bridge that they described to me. This this rotating bridge. Okay. Think about ways to deal with it. In what way do you think he would want to deal with it? Well, it seems self-evident to me that what we really want to do is we don't want to be stuck between a couple of carloads of goons from the from the Blue Pyramid Club on one side and whatever's in the house and the grounds on the other. So I would like to think of a way to um, disable that bridge so that at least we can't get snuck up on from behind when we're doing this or prevent reinforcements from reaching uh, Gavigan. Yeah, so in your mind, given your skills set, it's a pretty easy equation. There are two ways to do it, right? Either you get to the bridge, you get to the center, and then somehow disable the mechanisms at the base of the center pillar, which turns to allow bridges, to allow boats to sail around that portion. Yep. Or you get to the control box on the island side, on, on Gavian's estate side, and you physically control that point. You could potentially deal with the destroying the bridge if, if you had the means to. Yeah, but that's that's not the way I'd want to do it. I, I don't want to make a lot of noise. Yeah, so in your mind, taking that bridge seems kind of critical. Yep. And then uh, once I've once I've thought about that for a little bit, I'll go downstairs for coffee and a good breakfast. Well, they have you ready for as far as breakfast goes. Um, the uh, there's all sorts of bacon and eggs. You have a you have a fairly sizable country feast in front of you. I have a fairly sizable appetite. It works out well. <laughs> and as far as both um, Jack and Lawrence go, your your equipment, your weapons are in fairly well working order. There isn't anything that uh, comes up as a concern in, in either one of your pre-flight uh, checks, as it were. Oh, good. So, that's the morning, as people find it. Could the doctor sketch out the ground, what he saw of the land and the water that him and Jack were on, on a couple of sheets of paper, so that he had, so that we have a rudimentary map to plan from? Oh yeah, I don't see why you couldn't. Okay, no, we combine okay. that with the pictures I took. Yep. Yeah, Doc takes out the biggest sheet of paper, like one of the. Um, like desk blotters or something and uh, uh, flips it over and quickly, you know, crudely sketches out the land and uh, with Jack so that we can kind of, you know, and uh, yeah, so that we have a combat map to go from, mm. quote unquote. Sure. All right. Um, Saturday in uh, Walton on the Nays is, especially in the off tourist month, is probably fairly quiet. Uh, the market would pick up uh, a little bit. So there's a Saturday market here where locals, you know, trade food and recipes and, you know, probably uh, occasionally a you know, beer recipe or something like that. And 
craft goods, that sort of thing. Is there anybody in the market who seems out of place for this area of England? If you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I do know what you mean. Are there, are there any cultists in the marketplace? Um, so, well, uh, if you'd specifically, like. Specifically, there, is there anybody of Egyptian descent? Oh, sure. Because I think most occultists seem to be uh, Egyptian, except for the leaders. You don't really see any um, anyone with other than, you know, kind of pale, pasty, white, English skin. Most of the people here are even paler than, say, like, your common Londoner. The folks here are... They're real English. You know. But yeah, you don't see anybody that seems out of place. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's nobody probably who grew up in Cairo that's wandering around the market here. And it's mostly... Honestly, Jack, it's mostly pensioners that are here. It's older people. Yeah. You don't even see a lot of kids. Uh, most young people no, probably, probably have, you know, either, well, it's Saturday, so they're not in school, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, they're probably off and living in Colchester where there's actually something. Is there anybody paying undue attention to the, to us? Um, I would, I would say that the locals are probably more interested in, in enticing you over to buy things because it's so rare to have guests out. So people are, are not, and why I say like you know, interested, they're, you know, they're available, uh, socially. Nobody's being quiet. Everybody here's pretty friendly. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything we need to buy. Unless somebody could think of something. So I guess we should probably, uh, sit down and plan this, uh, thing out. Let everybody know what's going on, right? Right. So we'll uh, we'll retire to our rooms so we can plan in private. Okay. Now remember, the rooms are single occupants. So is I guess that what I want to know. What I want to make sure is is everybody cramming into like one room because that <laughs> would be great. Well, you know, we I guess we should probably uh, do the the general stuff out in the dining area. I mean, there's nobody else in there, right? And it's probably the only place we have enough places, uh, room to sit down and spread out papers and maps. Yeah. All. I wanted to cram everyone into the bedroom like that scene in the Marx Brothers movie. Like 35 of us all stacked like cordwood. That'd be great. <laughs> I guess uh, the the big room would work, Jack, but you are slightly concerned if you start laying out a map of like the Nays. Yeah. Uh, it all it will take is one wrong right. look through the windows of the dining room and someone's going to ask questions at some point. Right. I, it's, I'm trying to figure out the best place to do this because going all to one room is going to be a little cramped, but we might have to. It appears it's going to be your only option unless you decide to do it on the beach somewhere. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. It's still being, you know, winter. I say okay. we should actually all cram into one room. Okay. Put out everything on the bed. Okay. It'll be hot and uncomfortable, but... Who's, uh, whose room's getting taken over? Maeve's. All right. No. <laughs> she will love because that. She there's not enough room yeah, in Maeve's room. She would absolutely love us all cramming into her room without warning. <laughs> Doc offers his room because he has very little furniture. Yep. All right. Either or. Yeah, we'll do the Doc's room. All right. So, the collective group that's at the hotel is in the doctor's room. Okay, before we begin, does anybody else have any ideas they want to throw out there? 
Any last minute uh, concerns? I mean, he knows that we're coming. Yeah, most likely. He probably already knows we're here. We need to assume that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we should attack the house late afternoon, early evening before it gets uh, dark enough to for them to be doing their to even show up for their ritual. We should we should attack them before they get the rest of the cult up there. That way, we're not pinned between two different uh, groups. Well, if we can if we can either get con- control of the bridge. If we want to really s- slow them down, then we'll have to uh, go over the uh, bridge, either either the uh, location that the the, the gate uh, mechanism is in, or we just disable it at the bridge. But if I was to guess, the gate mechanism itself would be close to the, uh, wouldn't be inside the house. It would be in an outbuilding. Did you see any outbuildings? Did we see any outbuildings? No, I mean, you saw a small structure like near the island side of the bridge, but you didn't see any outbuildings. I mean, we can, yeah, we can look at that small building outside by the bridge. Yeah. That would be our best bet, because I, I doubt that they have controls all the way into the house, like you said. Right. Of course, that also brings up the fact that somebody would have to come out and... Uh, activate it for them. Well, I mean, the the gates, the door, bridge is pretty much always open. I mean, closed. You know, it's, it goes through all the time unless it, they need to have a, ship, a boat go through there, right? I don't know. You're the one who saw it, not me. Well, I would assume that it's going to be open unless there's a boat going through there, and there's probably not, not too many boats going through there right now. So the, the controls are probably out by the bridge. Okay, so step number one will be take control of the bridge. One way or another. We either find the controls and move the bridge so that they can't get it, that nobody can get across. We disable the bridge or, um, and this is where Simone comes in. Simone, speaking of, you, uh, you arrive back in Walton on the Naze after your excursion. When you get back to the hotel... None of your fellow investigators are in the dining hall. And and uh, you kind of wonder where everybody went. Um, I'll kind of stretch and yawn. And I will assume that they are either scouting the uh, property or walking the beach. So I'm going to take the opportunity to uh, possibly grab a nap. And I will start making my way upstairs. I'm assuming I'll probably hear a bunch of murmuring from yeah. the room <laughs> yeah. and a bunch of like moving around so I'll mm-hmm. <clears throat> Doctor William Salius this is your room um who is it open the door just a little El Doctor ah Simone please come in there's um there's no room but come in anyway I'll poke my head in. How cramped does it look in here? It looks pretty cramped. There's space for you, though. I'll s- slide in. Just kind of shut the door behind me. Okay. Um, I probably look. I probably look pretty tired. I will uh, unsling my bag, and I'm guessing it looks like a planning session. Oh yeah. There's even a map. Mid yawn, I'll just kind of hand my outstretched bag to uh, 
out in Jack's direction with a wink. Very good. And I will casually unsling my new Lee Enfield, stand it up in the corner. Hey, look, a rifle. It reminds me of a rifle I had. Never got to fire. <clears throat> it seems you have been uh, very busy this morning. Yes, well, you know, I figure it's about time we uh, got down to planning this assault. Oh, well, please, uh, Galleon, I will uh, slink down. I just kind of slide down the wall a bit and pull my hat down and I'll listen. I'll keep paying attention. I'm trying not to fall asleep. So as I was saying, we either get control of the... Uh, the gate, the gate uh, controls, thereby uh, clo- uh, closing the road off from pursuit, or we take what uh, Simone has given us and use it to booby trap the road. I think our best bet would try to be taking control of the bridge first. I believe we would have to do both, yes, because if. Uh... The bridge is disabled. When the caravan arrives, then uh, they may just turn around. They're realizing something has, has occurred. Well, they might, or they might uh, try to get somebody across, see if they can get to the house, find out what's going on. Well, if you break the controls after you block the bridge. Well, and the other thing, I don't particularly want to completely disable the bridge because I would like to be able to use it when we leave. Have you decided on a time of entry? Yeah, we're thinking uh, very early evening, like before before sundown. I personally think maybe the earlier the better, since we know that Gavigan's already there. Right. I don't want to do it too early in the day, but I mean, the, the earlier we do it, the more likely there are to be people in the area doing whatever, who knows. Yeah, but if we go even earlier and we can take care of who already is there, then we have more time to set up. I don't know. That's true. I'm not the strategist. Just a suggestion. So we are hoping then to uh, secure the house and the grounds and uh, await the caravan and deal with them accordingly? Yes. So my, my tentative... Uh, plan is to split up into three different groups. The Doctor and uh, Forsyth, myself, Maeve, and Lillian. And then you. And I thought we can use myself, Lillian, and Maeve, and then the Doctor and Forsyth to split up and then approach the the house from the front in two groups kind of parallel to each other while you go around the back so you can sneak in and uh, perhaps kill Gavigan before we even, uh, before he, if he's going to be behind guards or whatever, and we can keep the attention on us. It's a quite a gamble, considering we don't necessarily know uh, where in the house he is going to be at any given time. Well, I'm assuming that once we get in the grounds, the, uh, the defenses will activate of some type. And he will know exactly where, you know, he'll know that we're there. And if that's the case, he'll gather whoever he has and maybe uh, set up in the front of the house. Well, don't forget about the creature. Right. That's the other thing is that I'm guessing that the cre- when the creature uh, manifests or whatever it does, that somehow Gavigan will know. And that's what will alert him. 
Well, if this, uh, this concoction works as planned, I can have a few moments to cross the grounds and perhaps get to the house before uh, I can be intercepted by it. But that still leaves... Uh, that still leaves it open to engage any one of you. Right, right. Which is why we move in together. You're hoping to be able to uh, dispatch it or perhaps uh, I'll gesture to Maeve somehow get rid of it or deal with it in some right or at least uh, at least keep it busy long enough for you to get to Gavigan Maeve you have the ability obviously to summon creatures but do you have the ability to banish creatures Hmm? no that I not that I've found yet but we also do have the mist that will make it hard for that creature to see us it doesn't help against people, but, you know, we have that. See, that's the hard part, is to set up a circle of protection, I'd have to do it while we were under attack. Right. I am wondering if there is some sort of um, identification that the cultists use so that the creature knows not to attack them, like a marking or an amulet. I don't know if I've seen anything. Yeah, but we have no way of knowing. Exactly. Might be something to watch out for, so. Madame Mozello, she did uh, mention that perhaps there is a uh, some item that this creature is bound to, some object of power in the house, perhaps, that if destroyed would uh, release it or send it back where it came from. How certain are you of... Uh, of this, mademoiselle? I'm not. I'm going from experience. Like, when we dealt with Yig in Chicago, I had to sing it a song for it to go back to sleep. So, I think it kind of depends on what kind of creature it is, what kind of things it requires. I don't know if it's just a powerful spell that he has that he can just summon. I don't know what god they're even you know, worshipping. I mean, it's the Black Pharaoh, but I mean, it's not... I guess I don't know enough about that particular god and all the things attached to it, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm feeling if we uh, manage to get into the house and rummage around, we'll be able to find out a lot more about this Black Pharaoh. Right. That's also assuming that we can read Arabic, too, because I think some like the scroll that you brought back uh, from the spice shop or whatever, it's in Arabic. I can't read that. We're going to have to definitely learn Arabic if we go to Egypt. I know. I'm, I'm working on it. But I can only do so many things you, at once. Right. You were, you were learning French right now. Uh, I pretty much have that mostly down. And if Gavigan is protected by his second-in-command, it could make uh, the situation a bit more dangerous than anticipated especially if perhaps she is in control of this creature and commands other powers right a lot of unknowns that's why I don't know if maybe going head on I don't know but see the thing is is once that creature spots one of us then that's just that's the way it is you know yeah and I have no idea knowing if we can even sneak it in there without the creature finding us there's just too many unknowns for us to try to plan a, a round in that, in that way. 
unless uh, you can pick a lock real quick and we use the mist to distract it and you run up to the door and get in the house. That is a long run. <laughs> yeah. I don't have teleport, sorry. It was essentially what I was going to have to do in order to uh, get from the backside to the entrance of the house anyway. It'd be to splint across the grounds, hopefully not be seen by anyone inside uh, due to whatever destruction is being provided hopefully uh, use the routes and perhaps that would give me enough time to get inside the house without being accosted again by then perhaps the best time to go is early morning reach the house right as the sun's coming up uh this this is a day we've already missed that window well just for, for clarity for clarity the new moon ritual, if there is a ritual, but the new moon is tomorrow night. Oh, I thought it was tonight. No, no it's, it's tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. Oh. Um, I mean, we, we could go first thing in the morning if you really wanted to then. Well, uh, what about... Uh, there is... We know that there is going to be a caravan of cultists that are coming in at least one or two vehicles. Um, if they were to be... Uh, waylaid before arriving at the house we could uh, acquire their vehicles and perhaps uh, gain entrance to the grounds that's also a good idea yeah I, my only concern is that they may have somebody at the gate checking but then again it comes down to waylaying that caravan which I don't think we have the manpower to do it well, we do but it would cause too much destruction I think to allow us to sneak into the grounds. I mean, when the vehicles show up full of bullet holes and whatnot, I think it's probably going to be uh, an issue. Well, you already mentioned that uh, splitting up might not be a bad idea if uh, enough of us were to head off the caravan and at least one of us were able to uh, secure whatever entrance this... uh, this bridge has how many can they possibly have at the uh, at the front let me ask a question if that thing attacks anyone that gets in how do they get in well we don't know that's the problem we don't know we don't know if uh that's what the doctor was saying right there's just no way of knowing how they get in at this point that's why i'm saying if perhaps there is a car that they know and there is uh is Maeve wearing the robes right now no. Okay. They may be dressed in uh, appropriate garb. We are going to have to deal with them one way or the other. Um, I suppose it uh, splitting hairs to decide which one is going to be best to deal with first, but um, not knowing what is in that house or uh, what could be protecting Gavigan or his uh, spy shop owner companion is leaving quite a bit to uncertainty and while I suspect that if I could catch Gavigan sleeping, it would not be a problem. In the middle of a full-scale assault, I imagine he would be uh, positioning himself as secure as possible. Well, he'll, my my estimate, my assumption is that he's going to have to be in some kind of uh, leadership role. So he'll probably be directing the uh, defense. Well, the other thing, too, is... <clears throat> 
now this would be very risky, to see if the creature reacts to me wearing that lady's garb. I don't like that idea, because if it goes south, it will go south fast. It will. From what they have described, that creature is most formidable. Right, but how would it know not to eat her? Yeah. Unless it's Gavigan, like, escorting everybody in. Which, if that's the case, too, then he's out in the open outside. But highly doubt that that would be the case. There are some things that we do know. We know that the uh, creature did not attack until my feet were uh, on the grounds proper. When we were up on the wall, it was almost as if uh, nothing was happening. How tall was that wall? It's like 12 feet. want to say it's between 9 and 12, yeah. It's okay. roughly. You don't have an exact measurement on it because you've only been so close to it. Sure, and how, if if I had to guess, like, how far was this from the outer wall that we saw? Well, there's a nifty map. Um, oh, that, sure. uh, so the the map um, is available visually for, for everybody, at least from what they can see of it. You would imagine it's, oh, it's quite the jaunt on uh, an open farmland, at least in the front section, to, uh, Like how many hundreds of yards do I think? At least five to seven hundred yards from from the fence line to the house. That's even out of like a a decent rifle shot. Yeah, it's a long way. And even at a at a sprint, by the time I got there, I'd be pretty pretty tired. But and it's not even like it's June, July, August. There's there's no farmland crops there to hide behind. It's February. The only thing we saw was the trees that butted up against the wall on the, was it northwest side? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's some sort of grove of trees there. And we haven't been around to that side of the property. You have not. Perhaps there was something to this uh, northwest corner. Yeah, that was mentioned that maybe it takes place in this. Is it a circle of trees? Did uh, you see it? I would, I would say anybody who's viewed that it, circle is not, it, it's not by any means exact there there is a large grove of trees behind the house i guess what i'm saying is uh, it's the only measure of cover that we would have possible from the uh, perimeter wall to the house yeah and if it is indeed what they are using for their ritual they wouldn't be there and passing would they right there may be a couple of uh, attendants, a couple of stewards, but the more I think about it, uh, what well, seems like it possibly provides us with the best uh, point of entry, at least covertly. That's not to say that we still can't uh, do anything from the front of the house, but if I were to be uh, trying to come in and approach from the rear, this is where I would come in. That makes sense. So at that point, Lillian looks up and says... Um, didn't I just give that idea previously? Not in this conversation. Perhaps. I do not know. It's been a long day for me. If so, uh, I think it's a remarkable idea. You just said it with more pizzazz than I did, Simone. But I agree. I think that's a great idea. Still doesn't solve the problem of uh, Belgian incultists or Gavigan or his friend. 
or this creature. It puts us in danger and provides uh, no point of exit. There's definitely a one-way trip. Did you say it was a one-way trip? Because I plan on coming back from this, hopefully. I'm saying whoever goes over that wall uh, next to that grove of trees must be prepared to deal with whatever is on the other side. Whether it is a uh, creature from beyond or cultists carrying clubs with, uh, were they spikes? Nails? What are Nails, they carrying? spikes, yeah. Well, couldn't we have somebody peek over to make sure there isn't a person there, right? Because you said that thing didn't manifest until your feet hit the ground, correct? I was uh, well occupied uh, trying to open the lock of the gates before I was attacked. Okay. So, because then my thought is then couldn't me and maybe Jack or Lawrence, somebody who is good at shooting guns, sit on top of the wall with me as we see who go, you know, as the others go over as like backup to watch for the creature or because then you can make the mist happen and cover whoever's on, you know, the mist to cover whoever's on the ground and then uh, we can work on other things from there. The moment a rifle shot uh, rings out in the quiet countryside, it will be, uh, the element of supplies will be gone. Right. But how else are we going to deal with that creature? Well, can we just pass the creature? Well, the mist only lasts for so long. It only how lasts long? for seconds. So you're assuming then that... We make the mist happen so it can't see us, and we're going to make it to a door or a window before that mist dissipates. How confident are you that uh, you could protect the uh, the group from this creature? Like with the circle of protection? Mm-hmm. I could probably do that, but you need time to set it up. Because then I have to make a circle big enough for everybody to stand in. And if, if you I gave you circle, how like, long does the protection last? Does it does it last as long as the circle lasts? As long as I power it. Does it have to be in the dirt? It can be anywhere. The symbol has to be just has to be made. Now where you make it is where the protection is. So like if you mm. had a necklace with the same symbol, it's only gonna protect that part of your body. It doesn't automatically protect your entire person. Hey Mike. Yes. It, how, how furnished are these rooms? Like, are they are they are they like hardwood floors? Are they relatively comfortable. Um. Yeah, I would say it's hardwood floors. The hotel rooms are, you know, there's a pretty basic desk, a basic twin size mattress, and maybe a, like a wash basin to wash up in. I guess what I'm asking is, are there any big rugs here? There's the runner in the hallway. Is it? Is it? How wide is it? Um, I would say it's probably between thirty-five and forty inches wide. If hypothetically you were to uh, put this on a tapestry or a carpet and unfurl it, would it provide you with the same uh, protection? I don't know, Mike. Do I think that that would work as long as I still powered it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're not sure. Yeah. Maybe. 
maybe. Um, I might have to look at it, look at the spell some more. Um, see if there's any nuances to it. But usually it's one of those you make it and you power it right then and there. Is there any way to test such a thing? Yeah, as long as I've got time to take a nap afterwards, I suppose. I take out my what? What time, what time is it anyway? Yeah, it's about lunchtime. And, uh, regardless of uh, what direction we choose, you have my full support. Uh, I do need to uh, get some rest before any other action can be taken. So uh, if you need me to uh, perch on a wall or shoot a cultist or sneak into a building or attempt to uh, avoid a monster in the middle of the night or during the day, or let me know. I'll uh, shoulder the rifle. All right. And uh, I will slide out of the room. I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna catch a nap because I've been up for hours. So, for those of you left still in the room, about midday, Saturday. I guess I'm gonna look at the spell some more and see if there's any nuances on how it works. Okay. Why don't you give me a hard intelligence roll for that? Okie dokie. Int. My int is high. 14 out of 90. Yeah, after about an hour of review, you're fairly certain it won't work. Right, it's something, it's part of the ritual to make the symbol, and then, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just not that fluid. Why can't we just, like, salt and burn the place? Uh, Nobody says you can't. So, Jack, one thing I would point out to you, just given your um, look over the tactical part of this, is any talk of coming to the back end of this estate basically means that it's likely you'd have to get a boat and row out into the, the deeper waters and approach this estate from the back. Right. Uh, and that would take time. Problems. Right, it does. It would take time to get into position, and you wouldn't be able to fit everybody into one rowboat. So there's just, I'm I'm advising you that if that's the route, the or a route the investigators plan on taking, then you're going to need to secure some additional equipment. Alternatively, we ambush them, take a car, and just drive up. Tiffany can, well, Maeve, I'm sorry, Maeve can dress up as their high priestess or whatever she's called and the rest of us can probably mock it up and get right to the front door because they'll be expecting us yes that's assuming she's not already there A B we gotta then hijack a car with their gear without damaging the car so it doesn't look sketchy coming up to the house Jack, make me a hard intelligence roll. Bend that luck, buddy. No, I, I have to make a hard one. And... Oh, that's right. He could always push it. Like salt and pepper. He doesn't have to, but he could. Mm, push it. Yeah, God knows what will happen if I fail it, though. Failing push rolls are bad. You have an aneurysm? Yeah. Bleeding from well, the eyes. Sure. No, I just come up with a suicidal plan. That <laughs> could be, too. Uh, if you're just going to let it stand as a failure, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to let it stand as a failure. Okay. Doc is watching all of this with a bemused look on his face. I 
I don't think we know enough to come up with an effective plan. This is the problem. I think there are too many question marks and not enough exclamation points. That's what I'm saying. If we get too fancy with it, without knowing all the intelligence, it's never going to work. Yeah. It relies on too much luck. and uh... I wonder if we could incapacitate the creature, trap it somewhere, something like that. But again, I don't know. Is it possible that it disappears and appears somewhere else? I, I am not knowing, so I am, it is not a suitable plan. Crossing the front gate seems foolhardy and dangerous. Spreading ourselves out too thin, however, also seems equally dangerous. I don't think there's going to be a safe way for us to do this, Jack. I think we're going to have to uh, roll the cards, I, uh, whatever. You know what I'm saying. No, I understand completely. Dice. That's, uh, I think trying to finesse this is going to be very, very difficult without more information. Yeah. How are we going to get that information in a day? We're not. We are going to have to do it on the night. As they say in the theater. Yeah, so we have to make the plan as simple and uh, straightforward as possible. Well, wouldn't the straightforward part be taking out the bridge before those cars come over? Or attacking before the cars are even supposed to be there. Yeah. Or that, yep. Jack and I have had a discussion about whether or not we want all of the cultists on the ground inside the walls or not. There are cons and pros to, to both. If you know everyone is there and then you disable the bridge, well, you know there will be no reinforcements. However, if you make it so there is no one there, well, obviously the ritual cannot happen. So, yeah. And personally, I would I would rather doing this well before the ritual even starts. I would agree with that sentiment. That I, we, we should not wait until tomorrow night. We can do it tonight. The sooner the better. But I still think we, we should take out the bridge and then attack the house. Even though there's nothing coming over it at the moment. But at least it's there and it takes time to be fixed. Well, that's why I suggested taking care of and taking control of the house tonight. Because I think if we have control of who's already there, A, we're dealing with less people and potentially less creatures. We're there to stop Gavigan and the ritual. I think the cultists will scatter like mice once they figure out what has happened. Well, if if we uh, take care of Gavigan and uh, Zahara, if she's there. Yeah. They won't. They won't run until uh, the leadership is out. Is gone. That's yeah. That's the only reason why I suggested us going early, because then I think we have a lot less to deal with too, and then we won't feel so stressed about stopping whatever their ritual is on time. Right. Yeah. I do see the sense in going tonight. I do not think we should go during today. We should utilize the darkness as much as possible. Yeah. I just wish I knew more about the creature. Because is it weaker in the daytime? Can it come out in sunlight? Well, unfortunately, everything that we would do about the creature right now is assumption, except the knowledge that it does appear, seem to appear when we enter the grounds. That knowledge alone gives us an advantage in that it will not be a surprise this time. 
the fact that it manifests when we enter is also an assumption. We have no idea no. if that's true. We that's do know that I... that Simone had gotten into the uh, the grounds before he was attacked. For all we know, that creature was already uh, hunting around in there, and we just didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, there is correlation, but not necessarily causation. Especially with that creature, everything is assumption. We do know it can be harmed with weapons. Yeah. That's all we know. Well, then I say that we do it some harm, and we do it tonight. Yeah, I say we go in there about uh, 2 a.m. or so. Sounds wonderful to me. I think we should all get some rest then and set an alarm for eight or nine and be ready to go. He stands up, kind of pats his chest a little bit. I'm going to take a brief constitutional in order to facilitate a nap, and then I'm going to go to sleep for a while. And he grabs his cane and decides to go for a little walk. All right. So the tentative plan, as my understanding is, is that the group is going to make their four-way into the uh, estate this evening, then, yes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The doctor's taking his constitutional before taking a nap. Are the rest of the party kind of similarly resting up before they uh, prepare for their night jaunt? Uh, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose then I would ask, Jack, what, what time would you be gathering people up? How long did it take us to get there the first time? A couple hours? A couple hours by foot, yeah. You also uh, got given... lost. That is also true. Right. I'd like to hope that this time we wouldn't get lost, but, you know. Which, which, are, which path would you be going? Where are you... I guess, how are you physically going to get there? That That's what I want to know. What, what's your aim? Is your aim the front gate? Is your aim the uh, the boat launch? Is your aim the back wall? You know? My my aim is the front. Yeah. We want to get to the bridge first. Yep. Okay. All right. So, yeah, getting to the bridge, would you be going on foot? Yeah, I don't know either way. I mean, we don't have, the rowboat's not big enough for all of us. And we don't have a vehicle, so... That is also true. We're going to hoof it. Okay. So you would imagine if you just take the road out there, because really, realistically, you're going to either have to take a rowboat or have to take the road. There, there are no other ways. So if you, if you walk along the road, it probably would take you about 45 minutes to an hour to reach, you think, to reach the bridge, roughly. Okay. You probably are going to give yourself plus 20 or so minutes because you'll be walking at night. Right. So I'm going to say two hours to okay. make it to give us plenty of time. Uh, we want to get there. We want to be able to move it too. So we want to be there by at least midnight. That way we can scout the bridge and everything else. So yeah, 10 o'clock. Let's get ready to go at 10. Okay. And so the investigators take their rest, their their relaxation. Even Simone, you, you get in a fair amount of rest. Um, it's probably not until... I'm, I'm going to imagine, Jack, that nerves get you up by 4 p.m. Yeah, and I, the, I did sleep all night, so, you know. 
right just the the pre-action nerves are gonna get are gonna wake you up yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go over all the equipment both mine and uh everyone else's make sure everything's you know ship shape and we have all the ammo we need and all the equipment everything we'll need and it's all working order it is it seems to be um does the group gather for dinner that evening? Yeah, yeah I probably will eat dessert. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. No, nothing too big. We're at the last supper, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, assuming that we've gone over the the minutia, I guess while we're chewing on whatever delights have been provided, um, I probably turn to Jack. Do you not want me to try to uh, gain influence to the Rio? I still think that uh, gaining entrance to the rear it would be a good idea for you. And what I think should happen is uh, I should bag up my food and uh, head out on foot now. Perhaps I can make it to the boat launch within a couple of hours and uh, make my way around to the tree line. I can signal when I have a... We still have that rowboat, if you want to take the rowboat. That would probably make the most sense. And then I could signal to you when I am uh, when I have arrived and I'm in position to uh, to breach the wall. Well, you'll beat us there, so I'm not terribly worried about that. So I think it would be best if you wait until uh, you hear our signal before you breach the wall, because <laughs> we have no uh, way of. Uh, <laughs> what signal uh, do you know. think you? <laughs> you'll know. Um, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will drop at least one of my flares on the table and roll it across to Jack. You see the house on fire? Come running. Actually, the doctor's pretty good with a flare gun. Right. I have yeah. a bit of experience with Betty. Yeah. You have given that the name. It has saved me my life more than once now. And anything that dear to my heart gets a name, yeah? It's a very favorite gun. You, you do know that... Uh, the pistol is uh, not a recent invention. It is proven to be quite effective in combat. <laughs> I will stick with Betty. Thank you very much. I already got two notches on her on, on her on her uh, handle. You know. Yeah. As far as I can tell, I know that I know that Forsyth has a rifle. Who else has a rifle that I'm aware of? Does Jack have a rifle? No. <laughs> I thought so, um, Lillian did, but I don't know that you would know about it. Well, and I don't know if I brought it with me across the... I don't remember if I brought it with me. Maybe I did? I don't think you Oh, did. you know what? No, I thought I did because it was legal to bring over to Europe. So I didn't need to like take it apart like I was going to do or, or anything. There is an, uh, an extra bolt action on my bed with a box of ammunition for whomever needs it. Okay. I don't shoot guns. I sling my bag and kind of get a good look at everybody because this might be like the last time I see them all in one piece. And I pick up a roll, I'll raise it, take a bite out of it, and I'll head out. Good luck. Simon, one moment. Uh, The doc fishes into his bag and gets out a syringe kit, one of the syringes, and a small vial of morphine. If you are injured... Or if it is useful. Here, okay? Just a little. No more than here. And he marks the thing that would be an appropriate dose for Simone's size. We do not know what is coming. And I cannot be there to 
help you if we are on the other side of the compound, okay? Safe travels, my friend. Merci. I'll hug the doctor. He hugs back. Doctor's the hugging kind. It's nice. Yeah. I'll smell oh, morphine. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in my kit with the other syringe that the doctor doesn't know is there, and I'll slide out. Those degenerate euros with their hugs. That's, that, that's for after the fight. Uh, to shake hands like men. We'll celebration, some morphine. <laughs> so, uh, Simone, you head out, and uh, you begin making your way towards, well, the rowboat. Yep. Because you know you're going to need it to get where you need to go. Dinner is pleasant, but there is the perhaps the pang of something in your throat that makes you wonder, is this is this the last meal that we get together? It's unmistakable. It's it's impossible to get rid of the thought. It really isn't until hours later, as you're all formed up into a group with your necessary items, quietly leaving the hotel into the darkened streets of Walton on the Naze that you realize that the time has finally come to deal with Edward Gavigan and whatever he has waiting for you at his estate. Whatever transpires tonight, I want you all to know that I think of you as family and that I hope we all see each other when the sun rises. Yeah. That would be lovely. About one way or another, it ends tonight. The walk along the road towards the estate almost feels like your walk into France, Jack. A lot of the same mental touchstones. Same type of darkened sky. Very similar as far as the number of people you were walking with during some of those times. Although a little lighter armed. You know that no plan really lasts past first contact. Yeah. And so you probably think about it more than once before the road begins to stretch out towards the waterline. And in the distance, you can see a wrought iron lantern hanging against a small building on the far side of the bridge. Is the bridge set for people to cross? It is right now. Do we see anyone around that uh, little, what what I assume to be a gate control? Uh, it is a gate control as far as you can assume, given its size and shape. Uh, and making out whether or not someone is there in this darkness is nigh impossible. Tell you what, why don't, uh, why don't I go ahead? That way uh, they don't see a group of people rolling up on them. Maybe uh, it'll... If there's somebody there, maybe it'll give them a little pause. Be careful, Jack. I'll leave the rifle with them. And my Thompson. I'll find a good spot to uh, observe the proceedings from and take up, get the rifle ready. Okay. Jack, you're moving ahead. Yeah. Okay. Give me a rough idea of your approach. Like at, at some point when you get to the bridge portion, the physical bridge portion, if you want to stay out of sight, you'll be you'll be forced to make a stealth roll. No, I don't. I don't think I'm going to try to stay out of sight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play the part of the lost uh, tourist. I know it's late, but you know. Okay. Yeah, I don't think late would be the word I would use, but. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> it's the it's in the dead of the night. The lost tourist in the dead of the night. Okay. Fair enough. 
So you step onto the bridge then? Mm-hmm. The gravel seeds eventually to the bridge and your footsteps begin to click as you walk along this bridge edge. And from behind this small, maybe roughly man-sized box, which you can only imagine is where the gate control is, you see two men step out. And one of them says, all right, stop right there. Oh, thank God somebody's here. I have been wandering for hours. You see a torch hit you, like the light of a torch just bathes all over you. This is private property. Yeah, yeah. Can you... I can't see. Sorry. Can you help me? You see one of the men begin approaching you. The light dips just a little, like to your shoulder line. And so it's not so striking in your eyes. There's nothing here for you. You best no, turn I, around and go back I where just, you came from. I, I, I'm, I'm lost. Can you? Can I get a ride to town or something? Or phone call to a cab? Or There's no phone here. You see uh, the guy closes. The gentleman closes probably a good within a good 20 feet. And he says, if you just take this road right back the way you came, it'll tee maybe a couple miles down the road. You take a left, you head on down to the, the Walton if that's where you're staying at. That's probably the closest bet for somebody's phone or a ride somewhere. How did you get out here? I was with a group of people and I got separated from them and I have no idea where I'm at. They're out of Colchester. Hmm. Jack, why don't you fast talk? Because I'm not sure I believe you. What? Yeah, I'm really not. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not sure about. I believe you, sir. I, I believe me 100%. That's good. My damn fast talk. Mike, how far away is Jack and this guy from, from Lawrence and I? Oh, he's probably a good 50 feet at this point. Maybe 60 feet. Okay. Jack is beyond the center point of the bridge at this point. Just a little bit with his feet. This guy hasn't really so much left his side of the bridge. He stepped out a little bit, but not too much further than that. 33 under 62. I'm going to slowly step forward, you know, very slowly as I'm talking and just gesturing. Yeah. He, uh, the, the guy comes a little closer, probably within, say, 15 or so feet. And he says, listen, you really can't be on the property. So the best thing to do is to turn around and head back down the road. I don't have, we don't have a car. We can take you anywhere. So, so is this whole area open? Yeah, it's wide open. It's really the fact that you are likely far beyond the torchlight. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he'd see you. Okay. So they're on either side. You said of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, again, Jack is more towards the center of the bridge at this point. Right. Hmm. I think we should go help Jack, those guys. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to see if I can take a big, like, semicircle around so that I come up behind one of the guys. Well, the the issue with that, uh, Mr. Shea, is that there's a bridge between you and them. And there isn't really a way around it. Other than to get into the water and like swim across oh, the water. Okay. I whisper to Lillian, maybe you should be his drunk wife. 
<laughs> and he kind of grins. I think you might be able to do that better than I, Doctor. Wait, what? I just want to know how much ether the doctor had before we left tonight. He's cleaning sober. No, because Jack said he... Well, we can't even hear what Jack's saying, can we? No, you can't really hear what he's saying. You can hear they're having some sort of conversation, but... Yeah. All the voices out here are echoing at this point. Not knowing what he's saying could totally mess up whatever he's telling them. If I, if one of us walks up or... Doctor, let's give him a little bit longer. Jack, this guy seems like he wants to, to help, but he he gets to a point right. where he's not, he hasn't gotten any closer and uh, he's basically said you need to turn around and go the other way right so okay yeah so thank you you say down the road to the left does the other guy have a flashlight you haven't seen any other flashlights Lawrence do I see any weapons on either of them yeah you do okay what a uh, sidearms rifles looks like they're both carrying pistols okay they have um, what looks like circa World War One pistol holsters. Yeah, you say like you say down the road to the left. It's Walton on the Nays. It's the closest place. Hey, Mike, I'm gonna toss a rock past Jack and the guard so that it makes a sound like just off to the left and behind the guard. Okay, yeah, just, you're gonna just blob it. I'm going to aim at the far guard. You're going to make a throw roll is what you're going to do, Doctor, because that's a long oh, yeah, way to throw. Throw is a skill. You know what? I want this to land, so I'm actually going to spend the luck for it. I've I've been saving up a lot of luck, so... Oh, okay. So, what is that, 28? Wow. That's a lot of luck wow. to spend a throw roll, but that okay. That is a lot of luck. Yep. Um, so, you, you pitch this rock. You give it a good heave. And where do you want it to land? Not even a big rock, just like, a, you know, a small rock, like marble size. All I'm doing is making a sound for something behind the guard. So that as Jack is talking to him, the guard has to break his vision with mm-hmm. Jack or his attention with Jack in order to investigate the clunk behind him. Okay. So you, you lean back and you give this rock a heave. And when you heave it, it lands hard against the... Um, gate control shroud I guess is what it would be called Hmm. Uh, and kind of pangs off of that and uh, you have no idea it's coming Jack but the guy who you're standing in front of immediately turns around and puts the light on behind him run Jack run (laughs) (laughs) yeah right I'm going to launch myself at uh, the guard okay you launch yourself at the guard and that is where we're going to call this episode to a close. So uh, we will pick up next episode with, uh, well, the machinations of one Jack Doyle. So uh, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. 